millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of FFS Another Brexit podcast. This might be our last week of uncertainty before we finally know what is going to go on with Brexit. So let's enjoy all the wild speculation and predictions whilst we can. Mm, Don't jinx it. (laughs) I mean, I say that now. Clearly I've jinxed it, (laughs) but we are where we are. So this week we've got the Vice President of the National Union of Students and longtime supporter of FFS, Erica Ramos. She's joining us for her very first podcast, I hear. So Erica will be speaking on behalf of FFS at the People's Vote March on Saturday, is an incredible activist and an all-round good egg. Uh, Between the three of us, we can give you all the inside gossip about the historic upcoming People's Vote March together for a final say. Very exciting indeed. You sound so excited, Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) I am excited. (laughs) What a week. As always, we're in danger of being dangerously out of date as it takes about 15 hours for this podcast to finish recording before it goes online. There are a couple of things that almost certainly will continue to be the same. Uh, completely for example everyone is and will continue to be properly on edge like the calm before the storm some people would say we all know it's going to be a big week but despite all of the ridiculous pomp and circumstance around the queen's speech it doesn't quite feel like it's kicked off yet so what actually happened this week boris johnson met with leo vodkart did i say it right <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> fine <laughs> <laughs> the irish t-shirt and the dead brexit deal took reanimation in the form of a custom partnership yes essentially boris johnson is trying to flog a harder brexit version of theresa may's deal isn't he how that's played out if there is a deal what it looks like and ultimately who it pisses off is yet to be seen and i just have a feeling what he's actually going to do is single-handedly piss off everybody that it always has pissed off all in one (laughs) day absolutely but the best bit of all of this was number 10 briefing out that they were a long way from a deal and asking for patience from the press lobby over three years after the referendum and with just two weeks before the october 31st deadline truly amazing stuff (laughs) i think patience will be in short supply don't you absolutely i mean i'm talking for myself when i say it already is Uh, (laughs) so we also had the queen's speech yesterday where the government was meant to set out its legislative agenda which is essentially completely pointless given that boris johnson has a majority of minus 45 
And of course, we have to mention that although parliaments may once again have been prorogued, FFS events have not. The FFS tour is still going on with Rosie at James Watt College and Rosie and Richard at Brunel this coming week. And elsewhere in the news, the biggest news story of the week, Colleen Rooney should be recruited to find the anonymous number 10 source. We need another (laughs) dramatic reveal. It was Dominic Cummings' account. (laughs) It's been said too much and too often, but this week it really does feel like we're beginning to reach the Brexit endgame, Avengers style. (laughs) I live for that. But one of the most important parts of any journey is, of course, the end. Yeah, we've only got the European Council, Parliament sitting for the first time on a Saturday since the Falkland War, and a potential people a potential vote on a people's vote, and the people's vote march together for a final say, maybe the biggest ever. So it's going to be a quiet week, but obviously FFS will be represented by some amazing FFS activists, including Erica, who we'll be speaking to later. And of course, Jason will be speaking too, for the first time on a People's Vote platform. Better late than never. And clearly he's been slacking. I can say that because... (laughs) Clearly. I've upgraded my co-host for this week and he's not here. (laughs) Hi, Jason. Anyway, so the march is bound to be historic, not just because it could well be one of the biggest from the People's Vote campaign, but obviously because we will be in Parliament Square, probably as Parliament is deciding what next steps it is actually going to take on Brexit. It's going to be a very, very historic and important day. As people are marching outside, Parliament will be inside, potentially voting on a number of different things. If Johnson gets a deal, they'll vote on that. If Johnson doesn't get a deal, they'll probably be voting on that. I'd also expect votes on a general election, a confirmatory referendum, and a vote (laughs) of no confidence in the government. Basically, if you had other plans on Saturday cancel them come to the march we need mps to hear our voices and see the power behind our movement this is not one you want to miss this is one that you will tell your grandkids one day i was there and i did something about it students and young people make sure you arrive at crown and rose by green park at around 11 to be part of the ffs block can confirm it's the best block to be a part of Absolutely. and not only this far from having just tunnel vision for the march ffs are still traveling around the country mobilizing young people and engaging with students izzy will be in oxford with erica and rosie will be in cambridge as well as lots of other students and groups getting ready to come and join us on saturday we're showing no signs of slowing down absolutely not ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now on to this section of the podcast where we talk to a special guest about all the latest drama. And this week, we're happy to have with us the Vice President of NUS, Erica Ramos. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being with us. So the first question that we always ask all of our guests is, if you could give someone an FFS award for doing something ridiculous in the context of Brexit, who would you give it to this week? Wow, we start really hard um and i think honestly i think i'm gonna say all of them because it's been ridiculous and it's too hard to pick who is the best so every member of the government gets an award exactly exactly personally i quite like that same great answer so erica as vice president of the nus and as someone who spends a lot of time on campuses across the country What do you think students across the UK are feeling about the current political situation? Is it scaring them away from politics or are they more interested than ever? Yeah, I don't think it's actually scaring them. I think it's making them feel more angry Mm. um, and more agitated and starting to realize how important this is for their futures. Um, So it's, yeah, you're right. I've been um, traveling traveling up and down the country and meeting a lot of students in uh, various campuses. And I really do see the whenever I mention the word Brexit, they are very much rolling their eyes and also open to a debate because I feel like they're actually wondering what what should they think about all of this? Because it's actually a nightmare. It's actually a mess. And they really do know that this is actually going to impact their futures. Yeah, so absolutely. really, I think that they're starting to, starting to be more, how do you say it, like alarmed about it. So no, it's not scaring them. It's actually making them feel more angry and more focused about the situation. I suppose, in a way, us three in particular would quite like that because hopefully then people channel their energies into, you know, to doing something about it, right? Rather than yeah, just kind of getting absolutely. angry. A hundred percent. Coming to the march. And- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joining FFS, getting involved in their student union. We could plug all the lines here, yeah. we? <laughs> Totally, totally. Get them in. But um, so obviously one of the things that might come up, personally, fingers crossed it doesn't, is a general election. Now... How are NUS going to try and engage students and encourage them particularly to register to vote, but also just to, like you said, acknowledge like what's going on? Yeah, really good question. And I'm really glad that you said that because obviously people should be more aware of of what NUS is actually doing. Mm. And we have already started. We've started to mobilize a lot of students um, through freshers. Um, obviously the peak time where students come over to campus and then we have been setting up our own stalls um, and I I and the various officers in NUS have been actually talking to students and to incentivize, is that a word? Incentivizing? Incentivize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we've so we've been um, actually incentivizing students to register to vote. Um, and, you know, I was actually expecting a very standoffish behavior from students. I'm mm. not going to lie. But actually, they've been very much so, uh, they're very much saying, yes, I will register to vote. How do I do that? And NUS has prepared a lot of leaflets um, mm. to explain to them um, how to register to vote, where to go, um, and why it's important to vote, and who should you speak to to make an informed decision. That's so good, isn't it? Especially because... All you ever see in the media is the, 
oh, of course, students aren't going to register, like blah, blah, blah. So it's actually so nice to hear that you're not getting that standoff reaction of people yeah, like, tell no, me where and tell me how. This is not what we believe in. And yeah. students are very much tired of being called just a bunch of avocado, uh, avocado, apathetic avocado, even Slovak. <laughs> let me, let me say that again. Um, students are being really tired of being called just apathetic avocado eating snowflakes. Um, and you know, and it's just tiring because these are people that are calling us that are people from Westminster, the government and people that we should be looking up to. When in reality, if this, if this is how they see us as students and the youth it's it's actually quite alarming it's mm. like what are you actually doing for us that, uh, and for our futures yeah right um, no absolutely and I think mm. I mean obviously we're in a slight echo chamber in this room but I do like to think that if we do have a general election there'll be a bigger turnout of young people and students than you ever can before. you can definitely count on that because all the students that I've been speaking to they are very much saying yes I have already registered to vote majority of uh, majority of students that I've spoken to actually said yes I've already registered to vote this is oh, a nice. nightmare and we are definitely going to the polls and I, and um and NUS is also going to be launching our for our biggest ever you know generation vote kind of campaign uh, nice. asking a lot of students to register to vote so yeah th they can definitely expect a big turnout of students and young people oh, maybe mm -hmm. I don't dread an election so much I still slightly <laughs> dread one but I like the sound of that election yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a personal question from me do you think that Brexit kind of awakened this passion or this zeal for for politics within the youth because I personally do um Funny story, actually, the first time I ever voted was in the EU referendum. Oh, um, really? And I was a politics student, and that's how just I know. Wonder. I was going to say. <laughs> I did oh politics my. and IR, but I was just so disenfranchised with British politics because I never really saw myself in it. I didn't know how I fit in. I didn't even know, and this sounds so bad, God forgive me, what... <laughs> what uh who my mp was my my local mp mm. not where i was based at uni i did but who was my mp at home i just didn't really see how politics well party politics specifically affected me um and yeah so it wasn't until i saw the eu referendum and i thought oh my god i need to do something i need to actually vote this time and that is what really triggered my political activeness so before that I was like I knew in theory everything but then it wasn't until that moment that I became politically active and I wonder and it's quite funny because when we go around and speak to people on campuses it's the same thing they say as well like if it wasn't for Brexit albeit it's an atrocious thing for students it kind of made everyone wake up to the realization that we need to educate ourselves we need to know more and I just wondered if that was the same for you yeah I think that you echoed a little bit of how students actually feel there is that yes, Brexit was one of the biggest things that fueled that fire. But also if you see a lot of the things that are happening in the media, like, you know, the dominance of the far right politics, like mm. Trump and you know, what was happening with the, with the Amazon fires, like the, the, and the climate strikes and everything, students are actually starting to realize how important this is for them and for, and for their futures. It's, it's, we are living, and I know this sounds very doom and gloom, but we are living in quite dark times mm. and in dark times actually starts you know, waking up that realization for students that, yeah, we need to do something because if we don't do something, then what the hell, what the hell is the point? Mm. Like what we're just going to like, you know, just let it happen. Because I think that when we grow up from children um, to now um, as young adults, we start to realize that actually 
it's kind of bad that we look back like we really did wish that we that we were educated and more informed about these things because now we look back and say maybe we if we knew about all the stuff that that's happening now previously when we were younger this wouldn't have happened absolutely mm. so yeah, yeah. That's, that, one of the things I always think is actually quite that I reflect on isn't that I wasn't maybe like engaged or anything I just wish my education had been so different like literally like yeah, you said absolutely. but like I'm quite like I had quite a good education and quite a varied one but I don't mm. think I knew half as much about like you said climate strikes as the like 11 year olds who are now striking no about like, climate change and yeah. I sometimes think oh I'm actually a bit jealous that you've been in a weird way yeah I know exactly about what this, you mean yeah. so you know what you're yeah. talking about because I'm only just learning about like that side of things Absolutely. yeah and you I guess so, yeah I'm sorry and, we, and I was just going to say that we're getting to a point where we feel like there is still hope and to rectify whatever is happening right now and we definitely want to be a part of that um, as an EU national currently applying for settled status because of Brexit, how do you feel about the whole process? So this is interesting, right? Because um, I've already went through the process and I guess that um, I could go, I could go more, I could speak a little bit about my experience through the process and then I'll just say like in general of how it actually feels like. So I guess... Step one for me was to look for a friend that had an Android phone. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm an iPhone user and I know a lot of my friends are also iPhone users. So it's a bit, okay, step one, let's find someone who's got an Android phone and then we, and, or a, a tablet. And when we found those people, we, that was when it got interesting because um, not every Android is um, up to date to actually... Mm. Um, handle the app that they've created the eu exit one so then it became step 1.2 which is to find <laughs> someone that has an android that actually um is able or capable of actually running the app so then we found that um and then it was like okay that's that was interesting so that that doesn't alienate people at all um mm -hmm. so then when we go into the app um it kind of goes through this process of like asking us questions of um looking at our id or our passport if it's actually valid and all of that okay fine yeah it feels for me personally it feels really weird to actually put my passport or my my it, it asked for me to put the passport and the ID on my phone and it just felt very strange it feels oh wow this technology is amazing uh, but yeah but it felt really odd to actually having to be in that position of just scanning my my documents mm. at first and yeah and then once I actually gone through the whole thing and then they give you immediately what is your status and then it was weird for me because I've been here for five years um, and they told me that their records show that um, that I was here for less than five years. Um, and that is not true. So then uh, wow. and, and so they gave me a pre-settled status. And I was like, all right, OK, so you give me a little bit of more time to stay in this country. Fine. Um, but I did I did challenge it and asked um, I gave them some proof that I've been here um, longer uh, than four years. Um, was it just a mistake like on their system that they had it around for the wrong time or? To be honest, I'm not really sure about that. Maybe it's just like a misinformation or missed documents that are not there. Right. So they just they just asked like um, for me to to prove that I've been here for more than five years. Yeah. So and I and I do have proof, and I'm just waiting for the response on that actually. So it's interesting because obviously I've been here for more than five years, um, and so I'm just wondering and waiting for them to actually tell me. Mm. Um, Am I going to stay here for uh, another five years? And that, that, that was what I was going to say is that this. So if I am, if, if then um, I prove that I've been here for more than five years, then they give me a settled status, which is 
I think they give me five years in the country. And it's like, oh, that's great. So I can actually stay here for five years. But then what's going to happen next? What if I actually want to stay and I, if I see a future of being mm. here in this country for more than five years? Mm. Yeah. So then that that feels a bit odd that I, I can't decide that for myself. And then looking back for the people or students actually that want to apply for a pre-settled status, they... I think that they only give them 36 months, which is the duration of three years of their course, right? Of their undergraduate course. But what about people that are doing PhD? What about people that are doing, that want to, that they're planning on doing the master, the masters and all these things. And then it's just, it, it asks, it makes us wonder, are we actually welcome in here? Do you guys want us to come and study in your country and actually broaden our you know, knowledge and everything and actually experience uh, the world outside of our home countries. It just feels really sad. It feels very strange. It feels as if we don't have, we are not in control of our futures. Mm. Mm. And there's such an interesting point there, isn't it? Because it's like the one thing I think our country is to a certain extent rightly so proud of is our education system, like in particular unis more than anything else is what the government yeah. likes to shout about. But you would think if you want to continue that pride, you almost need everyone around the world to be proud of it too. And you should be making it as easy as possible for people to come. And that, I mean, you're right. The technology sounds interesting, but it doesn't sound easy. Yeah. I was going to say, you would think that an app would make it very easy and accessible, but it makes the assumption that everyone, one has access to an Android phone, for example. And there just, it seems like quite a lot of barriers to get through just to have something that you would have had if we had remained in the EU. Correct. Mm. Yep. So that whole process of applying step one, step 1.2, all that kind of stuff, has it made you view the UK as a whole differently? It feels like times are changing. I felt, you know, before I made the decision of actually moving into this country, I thought, you know, it's going to, I'm going to be fine. Uh, I'm going to move freely uh, through Mm. the borders. Um, And my, and uh, once I finish my studies, I can actually still decide if I want to continue living in the country. And it feels very much so that I'm, I'm actually feeling more comfortable in, in that sense. But when those things happened with Brexit, I was like, oh, if I knew about those stuff before, I, my decision might have been different. Yeah, my decision might have been different because it feels very much as if maybe I shouldn't go there because it's gonna be a hassle. Because I'm not, and and me as an EU national, does it feel like I should be there? Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's strange because you 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 think that in the in the world nowadays you think okay and anyone can move move freely like you know it's it's an open world and all of that but now it feels as if we're going back in time and going and closing the borders and all of that and mm. making it harder um for us to move around freely so it's strange it's really strange mm-hmm. i think what you said could be summarized in um simply like are you wanted do you feel wanted in this country or not yeah do people like me feel wanted do people like me actually have a reason to be here um and and i and the and actually one of the biggest reasons why i actually wanted to move in the uk was because i felt like like amanda said it was such a diverse everyone's so proud of their diversity and their multicultural world and now it just feels like is it still going to be like that after brexit what's going to happen with that and it's not just that but also the the rising fees for international students on all these things what is actually happening Mm. to the whole like 
global education and opening it opening its borders for pe- people it just feels like we're going back in time yeah i mean i agree with you and i don't even have to go through the process of yeah applying to study <laughs> <So, laughs> uh, but yeah well obviously you're speaking at the rally for the people's vote are you yeah, excited correct. <laughs> i am excited and also quite nervous because i know that there's going to be quite a turnout isn't it um mm, and yeah. it's going to be my first time actually speaking in front of more than you know I, I don't know how, how what was my biggest public before, but hearing the fact that it's going to be around a million or more, mm. uh, a million people or more, it's a bit nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie, but it's it's exciting. It's quite um, it's it's an opportunity to say to a lot of people what you actually feel. Yeah, I think as well the one thing that we know obviously there's been a couple of these marches and events <laughs> now, but people they act like obviously they love the politicians, they love like the speakers that everyone's seen on like the tv and all that kind of stuff but they absolutely like live for like the young activists or the student reps because they're like oh my god your generation does care like you're here with us and they just absolutely love it so a hundred percent and I feel like that is going to be my my opportunity to speak on behalf of a lot of you know thousands of students thousands millions of uh young people because they do want that say don't they they mm. do they they like of all this conversation that we've had in this podcast i'm actually just um, i'm even i'm starting to be even more excited for this because this is our time this is going to be our future and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out Oh, I've got chills, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> an, inspi- no, was, an inspiring note to finish Well on. said. <laughs> um, but anyway, so thank you. Very much looking forward to Saturday and having you in front of those thousands and thousands of adoring fans as you tell them how students are so passionate and ready to oh yeah. I'll be in the front row with Izzy like running around screaming and like being a bit of a fangirl but thank Cheering you so you much <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for having um, me it's been really interesting to have you I'm very excited to hear your speech on Saturday looking forward to it thank you well thank you very much for listening and fingers crossed we'll have some exciting developments next week but at least we one thing we will absolutely know is we're always, always going to have a lot to talk about. Of course. See you all on Saturday. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> that was such a cute little goodbye. <laughs>